from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta. Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. And now I will invite you to join me in the worship of our Lord. I'm currently serving as an elder on session here at First Press. Please join me in our call to worship. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with your joy. Oh 
Our first scripture lesson comes from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. It can be found on page 110 of your pew Bible if you would like to read along with us. Let us listen now for God's word to us today. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them, they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come again in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. This can be found on page 105 of the New Testament portion of your pew Bibles. Let us continue to listen for God's word to us this morning. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf, I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated. I invite you to join me in prayer. Holy and gracious God, we pray that 
you would open our ears so that we might indeed hear your word for us today. Open our hearts so that we might receive your word today. And may the words of our mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Well, today is the Sunday before Memorial Day, and we can tell that many have already gone away for the summer. And yet, we know that Memorial Day is a day in which we remember those who have given their lives in service of others. These are faithful sisters and brothers who choose to serve others knowing that their service might cost them their very lives. Yet, they served with honor and dignity, and they are to be remembered in our hearts and in our minds. I believe we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge the fact that this is also the Sunday after the tragic death of 22 people in Manchester, England, parents who waited to pick up their children, and children who had just witnessed an amazing concert. Sadly, their lives were taken by a suicide bomber. And today is also the Sunday in our Christian calendar that is known as Ascension Sunday, the Sunday in which we remember the ascension of our Lord from earth to heaven after he is tragically put to death on an old rugged cross. We do not put as much emphasis on this day as we do Pentecost Sunday. However, for those of us who are people walking by faith and not by sight, for those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, this Sunday is an important Sunday because it is a day like each new day in which our Lord promises to be with us wherever we are, wherever we might be with our ears open and hearts ready to receive a word from our God. It's also an important Sunday because today is the day that we remember the fact that our Lord laid down his life for you and for me. It's the day that we might experience new life in him. Pastor and Professor M. Craig Barnes in his book entitled, When God Interrupts, Finding New Life Through Unwanted Change, 
writes these words for us. He says, essentially, the Pharisees' problem and ours is in understanding the difference between knowing God and knowing about God. We easily confuse the two. One implies information, while the other is a vital relationship. Historians can devote their lives to knowing all they can about Abraham Lincoln. They can study his life and writings, memorize verses of his speeches, and argue with each other about the exact interpretation of his words. But in the end, they could not say they knew him. That is reserved for those who lived with the man. Typically, he says, Protestant churches are better at helping people know things about God than we are at helping people know God as people who live with him. It should come as no surprise that when Christians really need their faith, if knowledge is all they have, they will soon wander away in search of a God worth worshiping. Today is the Sunday in which our lectionary texts help us focus on Jesus explaining to his followers the importance of having the gift of unity in their lives. This gift is so important that he talks about it in various ways throughout his entire ministry. He continuously says he and the Father are one because they are one in purpose. They are one in their mission of salvation. The gift of unity allows each participant to be assured that they are not alone in their pursuit of their common mission. Just as he and the Father are one, so is their unity with all of those who believe in him. Have you ever attended a wedding and heard similar words about the two becoming one? These are two people who have been raised in different families, often with different backgrounds. Sometimes they have even come from different parts of the world. And maybe their economic or political views differ, but the two are becoming united by the love that they share for each other. The love that they share unites them in ways that they are willing to go beyond their original upbringings and they are willing to embrace a new life together. They have a common purpose of filling each other's lives with joy. It is clear that Jesus models for those of us who dare follow him into the world, how the gift of unity enhances each of our lives and can fill us with joy. Listen to how he concludes his farewell discourse 
with the power of the gift of unity. He says in John, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have persecution. But take courage, I have conquered the world. Therefore, Jesus tells us that when he is in us and we are in him, we too can conquer those difficult challenges that come into our lives. Whether it is accepting the death of a loved one who is gone much too early or facing a significant surgery that could be a matter of life or death, or whether it is not having enough food for our family. The gift of unity can offer us peace, the peace that we need, just knowing that we are not facing this challenge alone. Jesus is ever-present and always providing the extra needed during the time of challenge. Sometimes it comes in the form of a phone call or possibly a caring note sent by loving friends. Recently, we had a food drive right here led by a few of our faithful supporters. Our goal was to raise 5,000 cans or dollars to be given to our food pantry. Now, I must admit that as I began writing this sermon, when I put in faithful supporters, I also automatically put in of community ministries. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. No, faithful supporters of First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta because we are one congregation. We are united together. So whether we are giving to the Flower Guild or whether we're giving to the Music Guild, whether we are giving to local or global mission, we are giving to the glory of God to support the work of the mission of this church, God's mission, which is about witnessing to everyone that we might meet on our journey of faith. And thanks to the leadership of these few members, we raised over 7,000 cans or dollars to help feed our neighbors who come to our food pantry. Now, I know that some of you might wonder, why do we even have a food pantry? Isn't that a form of toxic charity? The reality is this. Many of our neighbors who work full-time jobs still wrestle with an income gap that does not allow them to adequately feed their family and meet all of their basic needs. Many pay more than 30% of their income for housing alone. Therefore, as a sign of unity, we operate our pantry with guidelines that offer a hand up 
rather than a handout. After Jesus concludes his discourse, he begins his farewell prayer. All this time he has been engaged with his followers at their final meal. He has washed their feet and given final instructions about the gift of unity. He knows that this is the eve of his death. Therefore, he shifts his words from his followers to his father. He entrusts the future of this new community to God. In his prayer, he models to the community how it must understand that its life is dependent upon God's care. For those of us who are followers today, we too must realize that for over 2,000 years, God has continued to walk with this community of believers. God has continued to faithfully show care and concern for those entrusted in God's care throughout all the ages. And though changes take place within the body, the gift of unity is still important. Recently, according to the Vatican Press, Pope Francis acknowledged one of the things he prays for is Christian unity around the world. Pope Francis stressed that Christian unity is an essential requirement of our faith a journey of personal and community conversion to the will of Christ. He warned against models of communion that are false, starting with the belief that we can, achieve, we can achieve unity through diplomatic maneuvers or human efforts alone. Unity, he insists, is a gift from God and our task is to welcome that gift and make it visible to others. Rather than just a goal to be achieved, he says, we should see the search for unity as a journey, just as we heard with our children's moment, as a journey that we undertake together with patience, determination, effort, and commitment, knowing that all of us, each one of us, those who are visible and those who we don't even see, and yet they are a part of the body of Christ. Remember, he said, that when we work, pray, and serve the needy together, we are already united. Sisters and brothers, let us also remember on this eve that we remember our Lord's death. He prayed a prayer for us, which reminded God of God's promises in saying, you have given, you have sent, you have loved. Now keep, sanctify, and let them be one. 
So today, more than ever, let us remember our call to be one. Amen. forth into the world proclaiming the gift of unity that Jesus has given to us as the one body of Christ. And may the grace, mercy, and peace of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us all and remain with us always. Amen. <laughs>